Well, I love seeing people and spending time with them. I also love food, and so the opportunity to be able to both see people and eat food is a win-win situation for me, and I'm looking forward to being able to go out and eat with people in restaurants as lockdown continues to ease. However, no matter how much I love going out with friends and eating with them, the most awkward part of any evening out in a restaurant is when it comes to settling the bill. And to me, this illustrates just how uh, much of an awkward issue money can be. I'm sure all of us can appreciate that awkward moment of when the bill arrives uh, when you're out for a meal. And what do you do? Do you split the bill equally amongst you? Well, that might be the easiest solution and the generous solution. Um, But what about the person who's been sat down the other end of the table sipping the finest champagne all evening and having eight courses, whilst there's been one other person who's been just having drinking tap water because they're driving and only had one course because they're having to watch their budget at the moment? It doesn't seem fair to split the bill. Alternatively, everyone could just pay for what they've had, but then there's the awkward process of working out who had what and what cost what and who needs to pay what. Money is a big issue in our world. It's something that we all live with day in, day out. And as we emerge from this coronavirus pandemic, the narrative of the times that we are living through is shifting. The initial health crisis is now evolving to become an economic crisis, a situation that has the potential to impact all of our wallets. We all need to deal with money. Money is a part of life that we must all live with. And James recognises that if we are to put our faith into action, if we're to live a life of faith with integrity, then we need to be people who are able to handle our money well. And so today we're going to look at three tips that James gives us about how we can watch our wallets and handle our money well. James in this passage particularly addresses some of the businessmen in the early church, but the advice that he gives to them I don't think is just only applicable to businessmen, but it's something that we can all learn from as we manage our finances. And the first tip that James gives us as we look and think about how we can watch our wallets is to live for today. James is clearly aware of the business plans and the assumptions and the aspirations, sorry, of the people that he is writing to. And these sound like reasonable plans and good aspirations for the businessmen in the, in, in the churches that James is writing to to have. They have plans to travel. They have plans uh, of a timeline of how long this process is going to take. They know what they want to achieve. They want to make some money. They want to be profitable. But James's response to these business plans is not to applaud them for having such insightful and well-developed ideas, but rather to simply ask them why. And the reason that he asks them why is because he points out the uncertainty of the future. And I think this is something that we can all relate to at the moment. 
Our world is an unpredictable place, now more so than ever. Who would have foreseen, even six months ago, that we would be in the midst of a global pandemic, the likes of which we have never seen before? Who would have imagined that churches would be streaming their services on YouTube? Who would have imagined families being cut off from one another and us being unable to see our friends and our family? And even outside of a pandemic, I'm sure that we will all have experienced and be aware of just how unpredictable our world can be. We know the stories of the family crisis that just comes out of the blue. Or the medical diagnosis that we could have never expected or prepared ourselves for. The financial bill that we could have never foreseen. Our world is an uncertain and unpredictable place. James wants us to question how useful our plans are in such an uncertain world. As we plan, we do so with no control over the future. And yet our plans assume that we can control the future. The businessman in this passage, or in this passage that James is writing to, had assumed that they would be able to travel. They'd assumed that their time frame would work. They had assumed even their ability to go and make money. Ultimately, though, God is in control of all these things. If God wants us to stop us from travelling, then he is able to do so. It is God who has control over our timelines. He has control over our abilities even, even our ability to make a profit. In life, in business, in our careers, we can have great plans for tomorrow, but we have no control over the outcome of these plans. Only God knows what the future holds. Before we plan for tomorrow, we first need to ensure that we are living for today. No matter how much we might plan for the future, God might have a different plan to what we are anticipating, to what we are working towards. And in those situations, whose plan will you follow? And so this morning I want to pose you a question, and that is, what are your plans? You might be a businessman like James, or like those that James is writing to in this passage, and you might have great dreams and aspirations for the future. You might be, have a career plan, you might have a dream job that you are striving towards. You might just be sitting here and thinking, I'm not really a businessman, but I have a financial plan of what I want to achieve in my life. I want to get to the age of 55 and retire and be able to go out on the golf course and enjoy the rest of my life. I have a plan to buy a house and to make myself financially secure. I have a plan to, and to leave a healthy inheritance for my children. What are your plans this morning. None of these plans are fundamentally wrong, but we need to recognise that we have no control over our plans. And our plans might not be the plans that God has for us. God might change 
your life. Or a pandemic might come into our world and make all of our plans and all of our dreams impossible. Today, rather than just planning for tomorrow, may we be a people who focus on how we can live a life of faith today. How can you use the money that God has given you now How can you be faithful to God in your current circumstances instead of what you hope to be able to do for God tomorrow? To live for today, we need to grow in humility. And as we grow in humility, we need to recognise again that we are not in control of our own destiny. We all have a gift from God Our job, our skills, our time are all gifts from him. God has blessed us in so many ways and given us so many different gifts. But God is in control of them. Not us, not you and not me. God is able to take them away. He's able to lead us in new directions. If we are to watch our wallets, we need to take our eyes off of tomorrow. James reminds us of the lesson that Jesus taught us. Tomorrow will worry about itself, he said. First of all, you need to live for today. How might living for today instead of tomorrow affect the way that you watch your wallet? And as we live for today, James is not just saying that we should never plan. Planning is wise, it's necessary, but when we plan, we should plan with God. In verse 15 of chapter 4, James tells us instead you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or do that. I know that I can easily plan for what I want to see. As Rachel and I think about our future, we think of ways that we might be able to use our money and things that we would like to plan towards. Many of these things are long term, they're not going to happen overnight and so it's right, we need to plan for them. James doesn't say that planning is wrong but we should include God in our plans. But what does planning with God look like? Planning with God is not just carrying on with our own plans and then just adding if it's the Lord's will on the end as if that's how we thought about God and included him in our plans. Planning with God takes more than just a caveat. We cannot just tag God onto the end of our plans and make sure that we have all our bases covered Planning with God means that we invite God into the planning process. We hand our plans over to him and we work together in forming plans with God by our side and following his will for our lives. I encourage you to have a plan for your finances. Each year this is a wise thing to do, to think about the money that God has given you and how you might be able to to live with it and budget it. But as you do your budget, as you think about the, the resources that God has blessed you with, can I encourage you not just to see this as a financial exercise, but can I encourage you to see it as a spiritual exercise? When was the last time that you invited God into your plans 
and you included him in deciding how you spend your money. When you are making decisions for your future, whether it's as a businessman or in your career or in your family, do you invite God into that planning process? As we include God in our plans, this improves our plans. With God in our plans, our plans are future-proof because God is the one who knows the future. He's the one who controls the future. So if you want to plan well, plan with God. Because with God in our plans, our plans can never fail. This week, can I invite you to consider laying down your plans And as you lay down what you have planned, can I encourage you to invite God into your plans and into your life? Where is God leading you? What is God calling you to support and to invest your resources in? Where might God change your plans? With God in your plans, what might you be able to achieve? The final tip that James gives us about how we can watch our wallets is that we is to invest them, to invest our wallets in God's kingdom. In verse in the first six verses of James chapter five, James issues a warning to the rich. And as he does so, he uses some destructive language. He tells us how wealth rots and corrodes. He warns us that wealth is all too often goes hand in hand with injustice and how as we hoard finances we are effectively fattening ourselves up ready for slaughter. Wealth has the power to be a destructive force in our lives. As we aspire to be wealthy we can dream to live a comfortable life. But James reminds us that our worldly wealth has no value beyond this world. You might have gold, you might have fine clothes, you might be able to live a comfortable life. But ultimately, such wealth is destructive. It does not increase our faith in God, but instead it decreases our faith in him. Ultimately, James brings the message back to Jesus. Having warned about how we manage our wealth, James tells us how our wealth and our storing up of wealth led to us condemning and murdering innocent men who were not opposing you. And here James is speaking to the religious leaders of the day that their desire to hoard their wealth, to keep their power, led them ultimately to nailing the ultimate innocent person to a cross. It led to them taking Jesus and crucifying him. But this is not a sin that only the religious elites of Jesus' day were guilty of. James warns that everyone who knows what he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. And as we sin, we too have condemned and played our part in the death of Jesus. He died for our brokenness. He died in our place. The reason he went to that cross was for me and it was for you. We have our part to play. If 
we do not watch our wallets and live faithfully with all that God has blessed us with, our wealth will become destructive. It will corrode, it will fade, but far more importantly than that, it will come between us and God. If we are to hoard and pursue financial riches, we might feel blessed, we might be able to live a comfortable life, but ultimately the wealth that we accumulate will lead to our destruction. So rather than gather and hoard our wealth, may we be a church that goes and invests in something that does truly last, something that doesn't destroy but instead builds up. As we watch our wallets, may we open our wallets and open our lives and give them over to God. That all that we have might be invested in his kingdom and in seeing his ways revealed within our church, within our community and throughout the world. God's kingdom is brought into the being through us, his people. As we respond to Jesus' sacrifice for us and his spirit moving within our lives. And money is the fuel that we can use within our lives to invest in God's kingdom and enable it to continue to grow. So rather than hold on to our money and risk it being a destructive force in our lives, may we go with all that God has blessed us with. And may we invest it in God's kingdom and that his kingdom might come, that his kingdom might grow, that his kingdom might flourish. And we see more of his ways and of his power and of his message going out throughout the world. We all need money to live. We all engage with money day in, day out. And if we are to live a life of faith with integrity, if we are to put our faith into action, we need to watch our wallets. Our wealth has the potential to destroy, but if we handle our money well and open ourselves to God's plan above our own, our wealth will not just last a lifetime, it will not destroy, but instead it will be invested, it will build And it will build God's kingdom and it will last throughout eternity. Let's pray together. Father God, as we think about this topic of money, I'm conscious that for so many of us, money is such a difficult subject at this time. And Lord, we pray for that. We think of those who are conscious about money where money is a real issue, particularly in the midst of this moment. And Lord, we thank you that you are the God who provides. And Lord, we pray that for each individual watching today, would, that they would know your provision in their life. Lord, as we look to watch our wallets, as we look to live for you, Lord, we pray that we would continue to be able to live for today before tomorrow. Lord, help us to be people of faith, trusting in you and making the most of the opportunity to be able to live for you today. Lord, we give you our plans. 
And Lord, we pray that we would not just be focused on our own plans, but that we would invite you into our plans. Lord, would you come and have your way with us? We thank you that you are the God of the future, that you have, are in control over all things, that as we plan with you, we know that your plans cannot fail, they cannot be overcome. And so, Lord, may we draw near to you. May we know your plans for our lives and may we follow you. But, Lord, as we look to, to live for you today, as we look to plan with you for tomorrow, Lord, ultimately we pray that we would invest in your kingdom, that your kingdom would be our focus, that we would not be destructive or, or, or caught off guard or we wouldn't get caught up in the hoarding of our wealth and the hoarding of what makes us comfortable in this life but that we would look to tomorrow, that we would look for eternity and that we would build for the future. Lord, through us, your people, may you help us to watch our wallets. May you help us to live for you. And as we do so, Lord, we pray that your kingdom would come, that your will would be done in every area of our lives, we pray. Amen.